This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, December 6th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. December can be a great time, a great time of year to score a sweet deal on a new car. We'll cover that in our next segment. But first, year-end financial planning is a critical part of properly managing your investments. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Sherry Greco-Rikus, co-founder founder of Rappaport Rikus Capital Management in Chicago. Sherry, thank you for joining us today. And as we uh, wrap up the end of the year financially, what are some things we should do to get our personal finances in order as the year comes to an end? Great. Thanks for having me. Um, First of all, I just want to make a comment. Do these things now. Don't wait. A lot of institutions have deadlines and things get very busy at the end of the year. So start now. Uh, But one of the first things to do is, and I actually um, have my clients do this quarterly, is look at your portfolios and see if there's any rebalancing, which means you you might not be within the original plan you had started with. So your stocks may have gone up. It's been a good year. But also um, make sure you're cognizant of taxes when you do rebalance. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say, you know, what are what are some uh, what's a good rule of thumb to follow uh if your portfolio is out of balance? Are we talking about the old uh, 60/40 ratio or is it something other than that? You know, every client has their own individual portfolio allocation that's a mix of stocks and bonds, but I'll give an example. If you're 50/50 and you're ever within 5%, so your stocks start to get at 55, we actually recommend rebalancing halfway back. So sell two and a half percent of those stocks because what goes up can go down sometimes. And speaking of things going down, uh, it could be a way, uh, things going down could be a way to uh, uh, get a favorable bill from the tax man uh, sometime next year. Uh, Tell us about tax loss harvesting. Yeah, I call it the silver lining. Uh, There may be stocks in your portfolio. There may be certain lots that for some reason or another have a loss. You can sell those lots or stocks, buy something similar, hold it for 31 days, and then you can reinvest back into the stock that you sold. So, example, if you had an oil stock, you would sell that stock, maybe buy another oil stock, and then flip the transaction back after 31 days. Again, um, I always say talk with your tax advisor seeing if it makes sense to take these losses and make sure you do it within the law. You don't want to jeopardize these losses. We're talking to Sherry Greco-Rikus, co-founder of Rappaport Rikus Capital Management in Chicago, about uh, a year-end financial check checklist. Uh, another way in which uh, you can knock down your tax bill in 24 is through charitable giving. 
Yes. Um, and deadlines come very quickly, especially at the large institutions. So do it now. Um, but make those charitable contributions before year end if you want to get the benefit in 2023. Uh, look at any low basis stock or stock that has big gains because you can use that for charities. Also, um, I'm going to talk about RMDs in a minute, but if you're over 70 and a half, you can take a qualified charitable distribution, which means you can use your IRA to make a charitable distribution up to $100,000. And that has huge tax benefits by doing that. And then uh, very quickly, and this is, uh, you mentioned that uh, that that. December 31st isn't necessarily the deadline to get these things done. you got to do it sooner rather than later. Uh, generally, uh, when is pencils down for, uh, for taking care of some of these items on the year-end checklist? Well, definitely you want to do it by year-end, but again, things take time to process. So, you know, a lot of the institutions want it by early, mid-December if you want to make sure your donations reach when they do. Um, if you're using stock, if you're writing a check, as long as the check is dated, uh, you will be fine. Um, and again, with requirement of distributions, you want to do them by year end, but it can. There may be some sales that need to take place. It could take time. So I'm always kind of a belt and suspenders. Better to do it now than to be panicked and running around on December 30th. Sherry Greco-Rikus, co-founder, Rappaport Rikus Capital Management in Chicago, author of the book, Maximize Your Return on Life. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The end of the year can be a great time to buy a car. Joining us with key tips for scoring the best deal is Matt Jones, spokesman for True Car, based in Los Angeles. Matt, thanks, you. thanks for joining us for today. Uh, what makes the end of the year a great time to buy a car and to find a deal? Is it uh, uh, salespeople and dealers? Uh, motivated to uh, make their numbers for 2023? 100%. And who's probably motivated the most is the car makers themselves who put these goals on the sales uh, people and the sales uh, managers at the dealerships. So, you know, for people who buy cars, I think it's kind of a, I don't know if it's a secret anymore. The last couple days of the month are usually a good time to buy a deal or get a car because, you know, the dealerships are trying to hit that goal. Multiply that by... 50, that's what happens at the end of the year. And is that still the case in this uh, post-COVID shutdown recovery phase? Because there was a time last year, if you wanted to buy a car, where the uh, dealership basically held all the cards. Uh, there, the inventory was tight. There was a long list of, of people willing to buy. Uh, and you weren't able to get a whole lot out of a dealership. What is that relationship like now? Well, you know, that's a really great question because there is still some of nationwide, but it's really dependent upon brands and dependent upon the exact car. But as an overall, the industry has about 40% more cars on the ground on dealership lots than it did this time last year. There's about 1.3 million cars of inventory uh, floating around as opposed to about 850,000 cars. So inventory has loosened up quite a bit. But for people who are still looking for those super unique, you know, one of one or, you know, one of three cars, they're still going to have similar situations to what they did, you know, a couple of years ago. But now, how, for looking for, oh, go ahead. Okay, how can you, uh, how can you uh, broach this topic in a strategic or, dare I say, smooth way so you don't come off uh, being very awkward when you make this request? I mean, you can't just go flat out say, hey, I know it's the end of the month and you got to make your numbers, buddy. Uh, can you give me a concession A, B, and C? Or is it just that simple? 
It actually is that simple. The magic is to tell a dealer, say, hey, look, I am a viable customer who wants to buy the product that you have in stock right now. And the key is, is to make yourself appear to be an easy, quick transaction. So the shopper who shows up and says, I want stock number one, two, three, I'm prepared to buy it on Tuesday. I'll put $5,000 down, 65 months or uh, 60 months at 5.9, and you have a deal. When you present a, a, a deal like that to a, a, a dealer, it's irresistible. Assuming that all the prices make sense, yes, but that is exactly how you do it. You say, I'm ready to buy. I'm ready to buy right now. What kind of deal can you cut me before the year ends? And then uh, you mentioned uh, that there are some models uh, you are more likely to get uh, a deal on compared to others. Uh, what are the types of models that are kind of uh, languishing on dealer lots that they want to get rid of? And, and, and what are the, the types of models where you're getting nothing? <laughs> well, you know, those super hot sports cars, like there's there's some cars that are have been in high demand and it's been in high demand, you know, pre-pandemic just because there's not a lot of inventory ever made for those things. And those are still going to stay the same. You know, I don't want to, you know, call out uh, anybody in particular, but, you know, there are a couple deals out there on a couple cars that have always had low inventory and that's still going to stay the same. But here's an easy trick. Use a tool like TrueCar, search your car out, and if you see more than 10 of them in your area, chances are you can probably get a deal on it. If you see less than 10, dealerships are probably going to be holding on because there's just low inventory. And then what happens, uh, maybe let's say you're not ready to pull the trigger just yet between now and December 31st. Uh, will that environment persist into January or do uh, dealers just restock and reset quotas on, uh, on the first of the year? Now, see, that's an excellent question. I'm really glad that you asked it because for most of us, the end of the year is December 31st. But for many car dealers, the end of the year might be January 3rd or January 4th because that's where their end-of-the-year uh, holiday push actually incentives end on the 3rd or the 4th of January. So if a person's not ready to go by the 31st, if they can go by the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, or 4th, they might be able to still get that same kind of deal. But if they're not ready to go in such a uh, tight time frame, um, things are going to get back to normal, and we probably won't start to see deals again until President's Day, which is like you know the second or third weekend of February. Matt Jones, spokesman, True Car, based in Los Angeles. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, many tech experts are calling Google's new AI platform a game changer. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Google is debuting its groundbreaking Gemini AI model, showcasing an unparalleled capability in processing and reasoning across text, images, and video. Joining us with the latest is Ina Freed, chief technology correspondent for the news site Axios in San Francisco. Ina, thank you for joining us today. How does Google's Gemini uh, differ from the uh, chat GPT model that we're familiar with or with BARD or, or the other kind of large language models that are out there right now? So this is Google's latest. It will power the next versions of BARD. Um, it is designed to compete with GPT-4, which is the underlying engine in ChatGPT. So OpenAI has the GPT series, which powers ChatGPT. Google has now Gemini to power BARD. Um, and what it really is is just showing how fast this technology continues to improve across the industry. And this comes in uh, three different sizes, and I'm guessing uh, when this is eventually uh, applied, uh, it is going to come in three different price points for a, a for, uh, to be used by businesses or other entities. Not exactly. I mean, yes, your, your general premise is correct. Uh, you charge more for the big one. But um, actually, the small one is really small, not to be cheaper, but to run on a device. So instead of having to go to the cloud for certain types of AI queries, this is going to be a big frontier. Uh, your next phone uh, is very likely to have some AI processing that can be done right on the device. And that saves a lot of cost and energy than having to go to the cloud. Then you have two tiers. One is kind of all around performance, price performance, and then this high-end one that's not coming out till next year because they want to do a little more testing. And that is the one they have talked about powering an advanced version of BARD. They haven't specifically said they're going to charge for it and certainly not how much, but I think they've, they've planted the seed that uh, Gemini Ultra will power this new BARD advance next year that probably will be a, a paid product. We're talking to Ina Freed, chief technology correspondent for the news site Axios in San Francisco, about Google's Gemini, which is the, uh, some people say is a game changer in AI. And this Gemini Ultra uh, really could live up to the hype. Apparently the first model to outperform human experts on a number of different queries. And uh, how do they put uh, the AI to the test uh, versus the human experts? Well, they have all these standards and benchmarks, and it's fairly arcane. I will say what impressed me the most wasn't these benchmarks as impressive as they were. It was this video where they showed Gemini just doing a whole bunch of reasoning against a range of different drawings and objects. Uh, in one case, some, they put a blue and a pink piece of yarn together, and it returned images of things you could make with just those two spools of yarn, which I think is super powerful. In this case, they showed vid photos of it. Um, that would rely on Ultra, but a bunch of the other impressive reasoning they showed ran on the Pro, the currently available version of Gemini. Ina Freed, Chief Technology Correspondent for the for the news site Axios, based in San Francisco. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, how you can navigate the housing market in 2024. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's 1230. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. One person is dead after an early morning fire on Chicago's west side. A high-profile member of Congress won't be seeking another term. It's Personal Finance Wednesday gauging the market for prospective home buyers and sellers. It's Chicago Restaurant Week. It's just over a month away, and we'll preview the popular annual food fest, WBBM Business. The markets are mixed right now. The Dow up 42 points, NASDAQ down 16, S&P 500 down 1. AccuWeather says for the rest of today, but seasonably cool. A sunny skies for the most part. High today of 40. We have 37 degrees right now under partly sunny skies at 1231. Topic our news at the half hour. The Chicago Fire Department is trying to determine what caused an overnight fire in Lawndale that left a man dead and his elderly mother in critical condition. The situation escalated shortly after first responders arrived when a porch collapsed on top of a CPD officer. Chicago Fire Department District Chief Jim McDonough talks about what firefighters saw when they arrived at the scene. They had one adult female laying in the grass in the front yard and they had the police officers saying we had one of our CP members trapped under the front porch. The officer is expected to be okay. Family and neighbors say the victim who died was a man with special needs in his 30s. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, pushed from power by members of the Republican far right in October, will not seek re-election. The California Republican, who's been in office for 16 years, says he will retire from Congress at the end of the month. His removal marked the first time in history that the House voted to demote its leader. WBBM Newstime 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Uh, markets are mixed this afternoon. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line reminding you to bring your business home is Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial based in Chicago. Jeff, thank you for joining us today. At first blush, uh, you would think that equities would really like that ADP jobs report that came out this morning that uh, indicated that yet again, inflationary pressures are uh, deflating. They're coming out of the of the employment market. And I think they did. We just didn't see the initial move higher in the S&P 500 sustain. And when you look at the reaction to that initial uh, jobs data, because we're all waiting for the big Friday jobs report, the granddaddy of all data, uh, you saw the 10-year note move down about 10 basis points to 4.11. So 4.11% in the 10-year, that's a sigh of relief from where we were just six weeks ago, Rob, when we were above 5%. So when you see the interest rates relent in the manner they have, that allowed the rally for the S&P 500 as well as the NASDAQ Magnificent 7 stocks in the month of November. So I think this is actually quite normal to see a little bit of a breather as we're going to await the big data point coming out this Friday, which is the jobs report. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, and, and there's usually a lot of disagreement between the ADP number that comes out on That's Wednesday right. morning versus the uh, uh, the federal report that comes out on Friday morning. And in many ways, uh, that, that divergence is pretty stark. I mean, when I saw that uh, it was 100,000 and change this morning, the ADP report, uh, the first thought that popped to mind is, well, that means we're going to have like a million new jobs when the government report comes out on Friday. Uh, they usually disagree agree and sometimes by quite a bit. And they do, and, and sometimes it's really hard to correlate that dispersion, so we have to look at them de- differently. And I know Friday, when that number comes out at 7.30 a.m., we will be looking for 
more as an as expectation. And if we have it somewhat lukewarm, that's going to allow the Fed to continue to have this dovish stance. Dovish meaning that they're not going to raise interest rates anymore. And if anything, we are seeing more and more probabilities of them cutting rates in Q1 or Q2 of 2024. And that's where you're seeing the 10-year note come down. And as long as the 10-year note, that bond leadership, Rob, if we continue to see interest rates reprieve and relent, you're going to see equity markets move higher for the month of December. And I think Santa Claus rally is coming. Well, let's look at all of these data points uh, that just show that the various things that have been kind of biting into our pocketbook over the past two years are beginning to relent, beginning on the interest rate front. Uh, you mentioned that uh, the 10-year note uh, is is just tumbling. It's just tumbled for the past month, topping 5% at one point, now at 4.1%. Uh, and you're going to see some relief on the interest rate front if that continues. And then oil, this is just staggering to me. Uh, despite the fact that we have the uh, the war on the Russia-Ukraine war is still raging, uh, despite the fact that the, there were some supply issues all over the world. Uh, oil is below $70 a barrel right now, actually trading at $69.59 a barrel. So this is going to be passed on to the consumer in some way. Yes, you know, no more pain at the pump. We welcome that. It is remarkable to see crude oil, WTI futures trade under $70, down about 3.5% today. But I think what that means is that the consumer is going to continue to see strength going to the end of the year. But if you're looking individually at some of these energy names, because energy has been one of the worst sectors in the S&P 500 all year, I think you can buy an ExxonMobil, a Chevron. You've seen them really beat up, and they've been very coiled to the price of crude oil. But those are great names. I think we are going to see crude oil go back up. It has been counterintuitive to your point with all of the chaos and, and war, we see why did crude oil come down? You can argue a little bit about lack of demand, but I think crude oil will go back up. We are going to have a moment in time here that we get some relief at the pump. What is uh, What will the economy look like uh, if inflation is vanquished once and for all and if the Fed uh, starts to cut rates uh, from, from some of the highs earlier this year? Well, it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows. You know, it's not a straight line, Rob. I think we will see a bit of a roller coaster in 2024. But historically speaking, when you see a presidential election year, you do see the markets continue to move higher. And I think if we can keep that recessionary fears off of the horizon, I think the markets are going to have the ability to move higher. Right now, the way it's shaping up, it's been resilient strength from the consumer. And the U.S. consumer, again, is showing strength going into this holiday season. Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, need-to-know tips for prospective home buyers. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. Buying a home, whether it's your first or an upgrade for a growing family or maybe downsizing now that the kids have moved away, can be daunting. Joining us with some key advice on navigating the process is Steve Kirch, Chicago-based real estate and housing expert. Steve, thank you for joining us today. Uh, let's begin with one factor that may uh, push a lot of people off of the sidelines in 24, and that is uh, with the uh, rate on the uh, 10-year note uh, falling precipitously in the past month. Uh, that means mortgage rates are coming down and more people may be inclined to buy uh, those 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 prospective home buyers who were scared off by eight percent mortgage rates uh, may want to take the plunge now. Uh, thanks, Rob. That's certainly something we're predicting in 2024. A lot of Fed watchers saying they they're expecting rate cuts that will lower the ten-year mortgage uh, ten-year even lower, and that's what tracks mortgages. So uh, our fingers are crossed that, that 
home buyers are still going to get some relief on the mortgages to come. The problem is the opposite side of that, which is nobody is expecting home prices will fall, and that's going to keep affordability a little bit difficult, especially for first-time buyers. Because uh, even if uh, rates fall uh, from through the sevens and even into the six percent range, you still have a lot of uh, existing homeowners who uh, locked in those twos and threes during COVID, and uh, they're not going to move unless they have to. So, if if you want to jump into the housing market, is uh, new inventory the way to go? Well, th- there's there's. Good options in new home inventory. A lot of home buyers, a lot of home builders, I'm sorry, are willing sometimes to pay down initial mortgage rates so you can get in with a little bit uh, less expensive rate. The problem is, like everywhere else, the selection is not that great. We are we're building homes, but we're nowhere near keeping up with the demand side of things. So you're going to have to prepare whether you're buying new or existing for low inventory, and you're going to have to be ready to move quickly when you spot something that interests you. Let's talk about some of those uh, builder incentives. Uh, is the housing market locked up to such a degree uh, that you could potentially take advantage of incentives because uh, realtors and developers, uh, they want you to move in. They, they don't really care if they pay down your rate for a couple of years. Yeah, I think we expect in 2024 to probably see a few more incentives uh, coming the way for buyers. That in, that can be in the case in the existing home market, too. You should always inquire about seller financing or a mortgage buy-down. Uh, for first-time buyers, there are also government and uh, lending programs that may allow you to get in with lower down payments or a little bit lower interest rates. So you should certainly research all of those options, whichever direction you go. And then uh, when it comes to finding a real estate agent, everybody seems to know one realtor in their life. Uh, But in this type of environment, it seems like it really pays to do your homework to get a good one. Um, it's, you know, it's a personal relationship, right? And, and that's first and foremost, what's probably on top of people's list. You should interview several agents. If you're a home buyer, a lot of, uh, planners are going to recommend hiring a buyer's agent. That is someone who works specifically for you and is not beholden to the seller or in any kind of way. Uh, They can get compensated the same way as as a seller's broker would, but uh, they're obligated to act in your interest. So that's something you should certainly check with anybody that you're interviewing for a realtor position. And of course, uh, make sure you have that uh, cash down payment and that uh, pre-approval ready to roll. All right. Let's, yeah, let's not forget the down payment. You should be building that up. You should have already built a lot of it up if you're getting in the market next year. Shore up your credit score. Uh, That's another important one. And obviously get pre-approved for a mortgage with inventory so tight uh, you're going to lose out if you don't come in with your financing already set up. 
Steve Kirch, Chicago-based real estate and housing expert. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday. And still to come, mark your calendars for Chicago Restaurant Week in January. We'll have a preview. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The annual Chicago Restaurant Week kicks off January 18th with a special event at the Field Museum. Joining us with a preview is Jordan Engerman, Vice President of Partnerships at Choose Chicago. Find him online choosechicago.com. Jordan, thank you for joining us today. And we spent so much time on the business hour talking about the holiday season, things you have to do before December 31st. But uh, Chicago Restaurant Week, in my observation, always hits at the exact right time, uh, just as the winter blahs are about to settle in. Yes. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And you're absolutely correct. Uh, Restaurant week every year uh, is at that perfect time, as you said, just a time when people are eager to get out and uh, do something and experience a great culinary promotion that we do every year, which is going to be Chicago Restaurant Week 2024. 350 uh, restaurants across the city offering fixed-price menus for brunch, lunch, and dinner. And uh, my wife and I used to take advantage of this all the time. Uh, It it was a great uh, opportunity uh, to put a date night on the calendar and uh, to take advantage of some uh, pretty uh, big names uh, in the city's culinary scene for uh, a decent amount of money. So we will have some amazing restaurants participating in Restaurant Week. And let me say that Restaurant Week itself goes live next Wednesday, December 13th. Uh, consumers will be able to visit eatitupchicago.com on the 13th, and they'll be able to view all participating restaurants. They'll be able to see their menu items, and they'll actually be able to book reservations for Chicago Restaurant Week, which takes place January 19th through February 4th. But just prior to that and launching today and even more exciting is the First Bites Bash, which is the official kickoff event to Chicago Restaurant Week. And that is taking place on Thursday, January 18th from 6 to 9 at the iconic Field Museum. Uh, Tickets went on sale this morning. And just to show the interest, uh, we sold out of our flash tickets in just about an hour or two. But there's still lots of uh, early bird tickets and general admission tickets available for the First Bites Bash as well by visiting firstbitesbash.com. We're talking to Jordan Engerman, Vice President of Partnerships at Choose Chicago. And it's interesting you mentioned that the uh, tickets for the First Bites Bash uh, sold out so quickly because a theme that seems to be recurring here uh, as we come out of the depths of the pandemic is that people like to go out. They like to have experiences with other people. And this whole notion that uh, you're going to sit inside and, and just enjoy takeout meals forever uh, wasn't necessarily a bold prediction to the future after all. People like the experiences that Restaurant Week provides. Absolutely. And I think that's both for the First Bites Bash as well as Restaurant Week. The First Bites Bash uh, has more than 1,500 people attending every year. As I mentioned, the flash tickets are sold out, but we have plenty of early bird tickets and general admission tickets available still for the First Bites Bash. There'll be probably over 50 restaurants participating in the First Bites Bash, and they will be um, showcasing tasting portions of some of the menu items that they're going to be having on their restaurant week menu, as well as lots of great beer, wine, spirits, and entertainment. So definitely for a fun night out, a way to truly experience some of Chicago's great restaurants, amazing chefs, the First Bites Bash, Bash is an amazing opportunity and a great gift as well when you mentioned wanting to uh, have an opportunity to maybe purchase tickets for someone 
on your gift list this year. So you can go to firstbitesbash.com and view all the participating restaurants for the First Bites Bash event and purchase tickets. And then next Wednesday, uh, eatitupchicago.com goes live, the official website for Chicago Restaurant Week, where we have over 360 participating restaurants, and you'll be able to view all those, check out their menus, as well as make reservations as well. Jordan Engerman with Choose Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.